listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 49 of Stand Up, Get Noticed, and my name is Christina Cantors, and I am your host. I'm recording this podcast and sending my love to you all the way from the Philippines. Uh, you might hear a dog barking in the background. I'm staying with host families during my time here, as you may have heard in last week's episode, and it means that I don't have much control over where I'm podcasting from. So right now I'm in my bedroom and there's a really noisy dog barking outside. But as they say, the show must go on and I'm not going to let that ruin my day. Sometimes in life we have to deal with less than perfect situations, but it's all about how you deal with it and manage it that is important. Okay. All right. If you are brand new to the podcast, just want to say a big, big welcome. If you're wondering, yes, that's me on the ukulele playing that intro. I like to teach myself new skills and to share them with you. So the ukulele is one thing that I've been practicing and I do have my ukulele here with me in the Philippines so I can learn new songs and play them for you here. Now, what you heard right at the beginning of this show was the sweet sound of 500 business administration students saying hello to my friends in Australia. And that was from one of the highlights of my trip so far. I spoke at the City College of Valenzuela Business Administration Students. It's a school uh, nearby Manila which is the capital city of the Philippines. Now, the correct name of the school, I'm so going to mess this up, but it's Pamantasan Lungsud, Valenzuela. I'm really, really sorry if I mess that up, but that's the school. And I was fortunate enough to present to 500 of their graduating business administration students on Wednesday. Now, if you've been following me on Facebook or Instagram, you would have seen the pictures, but if you're interested, I'll also put them in the show notes of this episode at thecmethod.com slash speaking questions. The seminar that I delivered was part of the vocational exchange program that I'm on with Rotary International, and I'm planning on doing a video and writing a blog post about that very soon so I can share more about what I'm doing on this trip and, and why I'm here. But anyway, I spoke to these students as part of their entrepreneurship program. And it was all about elevator pitch and why strong communication is, is, is critical to your success in, in your career and in your business. And at the end of my seminar, I was asked a number of questions and some of them were quite hard hitting. For example, the first one was, what's the biggest regret you've ever had in your life? Wow. They, uh, they don't go easy on guest speakers here. <laughs> But a number of the questions were public speaking related and they were all excellent questions. So today I'm sharing my answers with you on the podcast. Of course, I did answer those questions in the seminar, but I'm confident that many people, including you, yes, yes, you may also have these questions. So that's why I wanted to share, share my answers with you here. 
Before I do that, a quick shout out to podcast listener Simon from the UK, who now lives in New Zealand, for sending me a lovely email to say that he's really enjoying the podcast. He wrote to say, just wanted to let you know that I've been listening to your podcast since episode one. I enjoy listening to your happy, bubbly voice and contagious laugh. Oh, thanks, Simon. Uh, he says, I'm now on episode 16, where you were busking in the street and I thought it was great. Keep up the good work, 10 out of 10 podcast. Thank you so much, Simon. I really appreciate it. It's it's emails like yours that give me motivation to keep going and to keep producing the show every single week. It just makes it all worth it. So thank you so much, Simon, and I hope you continue to enjoy the show. All right, so are you ready to have your public speaking questions answered? Let's go. Question number one. What do I do when I have a mental blank? I know this affects a lot of people. What if I have a mental blank? It scares me too when I'm at Toastmasters. I always like to have notes there just in case I do have a mental blank. But I've got a few tips here for you that will help you when you do have a mental blank and also to prevent them in the first place. So firstly, to prevent having a mental blank, a really good recommendation is to structure your presentation. So make sure that you have, you want to, you want to make say three points in your speech or your presentation and stick to that. So you'll have, when you have a very clear introduction, main body with three points or five points or whatever, and then a conclusion, it's easy to keep track of where you're at. Okay. So you don't have that blank of, Oh my gosh, where am I? What was I going to say next? And that also allows you to, when you're writing notes, having little dot points there. So you might have a dot point for your intro, a dot point for your first point, then second point, then third point, and then your conclusion. And these serve to just prompt you as you go. And the same happens with your PowerPoint presentation. If you have just a pic, like an image or a little dot point on your slide to, to prompt you of where you're at, that's going to help you. So if you are mid sentence or you finish a sentence and you forget what you're going to say next, you can just casually turn around, look at the slides and go, Oh yes, that's what I was going to say next. Now, in case you don't have any notes or if you really do forget what you're going to say and you completely lose your train of thought, I learned a really good tip from Simon Sinek, who is one of my favorite speakers, and I've mentioned him before on the podcast. He does the Start With Why uh, TED Talk, and he's also written a book called Why Leaders Eat Last. Really, really awesome guy, great speaker. And I once heard him say that he'd had a mental blank one time, and it was in front of thousands of people. But what he did was he he paused, and he didn't panic, and he just said, I've completely lost my train of thought. Can anyone remember where I was up to? And he said that the audience had a bit of a, a bit of a giggle and then one person yelled out, Oh, you were talking about this. And then he says, Oh, okay. Thank you so much. I'll continue. And then he just continued on. Now, the thing with this is it's really showing authenticity and vulnerability and the audience will appreciate that. They're not going to laugh and jeer at you and go, Oh my God, look at you. Lost your train of thought. You suck. No, if you're open and honest with them and go, what was I talking about again? They'll hopefully have a laugh with you and help you out, okay? Just remember that your audience wants you to do well. They're there to support you. They're not there specifically to tear you down. 
so there's nothing wrong with showing a bit of authenticity. No one's perfect, okay? So your audience is not going to expect you to be perfect. I also did this the other day, actually. If you say you have to stick to a, a strict time limit and you're not sure how far you're through, instead of panicking, just stop and go, I just want to do a quick time check. Am I running out of time? How am I doing? How long do I have left? And then your audience will go, oh, you've got this much left. And then you go, okay, cool, thanks. So you're actually engaging the audience. You're getting, you're making sure that they're paying attention, right? Because you're getting them to check the time. And, you know, so you could actually even do that if you have a mental blank. You forget what you're saying and go, oh, I just want to check how much time do I have? And that might, that will actually buy you a couple of extra seconds to remember what you were talking about. Yeah? Cool. Oh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well to a Simon Sinek talk that I think you should watch. It's a really, really good one, and it's where he mentions what he did when he had his mental blank. So that was question one. What do I do when I have a mental blank? Another question that I received, so this is number two, is what do I do to reduce my nerves beforehand? So for this question, I have two mindset things that you can do, and I have two practical physical things that you can do. Now, the first physical thing is to, and I actually mentioned this before, is to prepare beforehand and to know the the three or the five or whatever number of main points that you're making. If you prepare and you know exactly what you're saying and you know your content, then that's going to help to reduce your nerves in the first place. I know that I always feel more nervous the less prepared I am. Okay, so preparation is key. The second practical physical thing you can do is to breathe deep. Now, I always encourage my coaching clients to do this. Put your hands on your belly. This is before you do your presentation. Put your hands on your belly and breathe and push your hands out with your belly. Don't breathe through your chest. So don't let your chest rise up and down. This is the breathing that we do when we're sprinting. So when we're running away from something. So that's like a fight or flight response. And that's telling your body, telling your brain that there's something chasing you and you need to freak out and run away. This is not what we want when we're about to give a presentation. We want to be chilled. We want to be relaxed. We want to be just nice and and cool and calm. And to do this, you breathe through your belly. So I'd like you to take 10 deep breaths through your belly. You can put your hands over your belly and push your hands out and do this 10 times before your next presentation or before a nerve-wracking um, experience like a job interview, and that's going to help to calm you down. So those are the two practical things you can do. The two mindset shifts that you can make are firstly is to think of your presentation as an opportunity to share your message. I'll repeat that. Think of your presentation as an opportunity to share your message. A lot of people go into their presentations thinking, oh my gosh, this is this horrible thing that I have to do. This is just part of my assignment or like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I have to because it's my role, right? Like if you, you need to stop thinking of it that way because that's not useful. Okay. It's not a useful belief. It's not going to help you. But if you instead think about why you're giving this presentation or what you hope to achieve with it, then that's going to help reduce your nerves. So let's say that you are really passionate about this thing that you're talking about. 
This is your chance to share that passion, to share your message with this group of people, whether it's one, two, five, ten, one hundred people. It's a great opportunity. And this is what I was thinking when I went and spoke to, to the, the City College of Valenzuela. There were 500 people there. That was the biggest audience I've ever spoken to just as, you know, giving one of my own, um, giving one of my own seminars. And I thought, you know what? This is amazing. I get to speak and share my message and be able to, you know, help 500 people at once. How cool is that? So if you can change, if you can shift that mindset, it's going to help you so much. Now, the second mindset shift that you can make is to remember that no one has seen your presentation before. So your audience won't actually know if you've missed something or if you've stuffed something up or if a slide was in the wrong place. They don't know. They've never seen it before, right? Only you know that. So if you, if something happens and you forget to say something, don't freak out and go, Oh, I didn't say that thing. What? Like it's not going to be as effective. It doesn't matter. Okay. Just remember it for next time. I was once speaking to one of my fellow Toastmasters members and he's been doing Toastmasters for years and years and years. And he's a very, very good speaker. And he went up and gave a speech and I asked him, how did you think you went? And he said, well, I remembered about 90% of what I was going to say and I delivered about 70%, which sounds about right. And that was really interesting to me because I'd never heard someone say that before, like give a percentage of how much you actually deliver. So let's say you've prepared 100%, you've got all your content that you want to say, chances are you're only going to say 70% of it and you're only going to remember 90% of it. So if you think about it that way... Well, hopefully that will help reduce your nerves as well. Okay, question number three. What do you do when someone tries to pull you down? This question saddens me because no one likes to be pushed down or pulled down or told something mean, right? And it's unfortunate, but it does happen. But luckily there are ways that you can deal with it. Firstly, I want you to remember that it's not about you, it's about them, all right? Whatever they're saying, it has nothing to do with you, but it's, it's something to do with them. Something is going on with them, all right? Maybe they've had a bad day, maybe they're stressed, maybe they spilt coffee on themselves that morning, maybe they had a fight with their partner, okay? Something's stressing them out and they're taking it out on you. Or maybe they're jealous of you, okay? So what you can do is put yourself in their shoes and sympathize with them. You can even ask them if they're okay. Instead of getting angry back at them, say, is everything all right? Remember that no one can actually make you feel angry or sad or offended, all right? You choose how you feel. So whatever someone says to you, you can choose to get angry. You can choose to ignore it. You can choose to sympathize with them, you can choose to feel accepting that they're having a bad day. I actually did a podcast episode about handling negative emotions. I'll put that link in the show notes so you can have a listen to that. And show notes are at thecmethod.com slash speaking questions. Alrighty, moving on to question number four. How do you deal with a disruptive audience? 
sometimes when you're speaking, the crowd can be a bit restless and then, you know, they might look at their phones or they might start talking to each other and they may not necessarily necessarily be calling out mean things to you, but they're just generally not paying attention to you. And that can be really unnerving and could put you off what you're saying. So I understand why this question was asked. Okay, so with this, the first thing I want you to know is that when you're up there speaking, this is your time to shine. Okay, you're in control. If you've got the microphone, this is you know, the proverbial talking stick. You've got the talking stick. This is your time. So don't be afraid to control the audience and assert that you are the person with the talking stick and you're in charge, all right? So what you can do is when you're speaking is to simply pause and look at the person who's speaking. Scary, right? The thought of doing that. But it's very, very powerful. You don't have to yell at them. You don't have to say, guys, stop talking, right? Don't sound, you don't want to sound like a whiny child. Just stop and look at them. And when you pause, something interesting happens. People actually stop what they're doing and they look up and they go, oh, why, what, what's going on? Why is there silence? So pausing is very powerful. And if they see you looking at them, they're going to know, oh, they know what I'm doing. I'd better pay attention. Okay. Now, if they're too absorbed in talking with their neighbor or whatever, you can actually just ask them, hey, guys, is everything okay back there? Right? So you're not actually telling them off and saying, shut up. You're saying, hey, guys, is, is there a problem? Is everything okay back there? Do you have a question back there? And they most likely won't, right? But just show that you're being still polite and not telling them off. And then, and then at least they're aware that you are aware that they're speaking. Another thing you can do is to change what you're doing. Usually when people start talking amongst themselves, it means that they're not engaged. They might just be a bit bored or maybe you're not pausing enough as you're speaking and your voice sounds like one long sentence. You can lose your audience this way. So what you can do is if people aren't engaging, you can change what you're doing. So get them to stand up, get them to clap, ask a question right? So get them to engage and that's going to force them to pay attention and to stop chatting amongst themselves. So what you can do is actually say, ask a question, like a really simple one, like who knows the answer to this or who's heard of this? And when someone answers, you can then give them a clap and go, wow, great answer. Everyone give Mike a hand. And then you make everyone give them a clap. Okay. So then people are then, you know, going, oh, what's this clapping going on? And also, if you start picking on people from the audience and start saying, hey, Sally, can I get an answer from you? They're going to start sitting up and going, oh, crap, better not talk because she's going to pick me or something like that. Okay, and the fifth and final question I'm going to share with you today, and this one was more of a, quote, request than a question, but it was, Christina, you say that you like to sing and play the ukulele. Can you sing us a song? And of course, everyone started cheering. And there I was in front of 500 people going, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to sing. I have never sung solo in front of so many people before. Now, even this isn't really a proper question answer. I just wanted to give you an example of when you're in a speaking situation and you're doing questions and answers, or even if you're not doing questions and answers, you need to be prepared for anything. 
okay? Anything. And you you just need to be able to take it in your stride. A similar thing happened the other night when we were at a Rotary Club meeting and all the Filipino Rotarians stood up and they sang their national anthem, but they didn't sing to a backing track. They just sang it a cappella. And then the Rotary Club leader got up and he said, okay, and now the Australian team is going to sing their national anthem. And there were literally four of us there, plus our team leader. And our team leader looked at me and kind of and kind of gestured towards the microphone as if to say, Christina, go, go. And I was like, what? No one had told me about this. So I walked up to the front, took the mic, and I sang the Australian anthem by myself with my other teammates singing. But, I mean, I had the mic. I had to sing this in front of everyone. So you really have to be prepared for anything, especially when you're speaking in the Philippines. So anyway, going back to the seminar when I was asked to sing a song, I had to quickly think of a song on my feet. And, of course, I've got all these people staring at me. And it's funny when you're asked to, say, pick from anything, right? Sing any song, choose any food you like, go to visit any place. It's really hard to actually make that decision because you have so many choices. And sometimes it can be paralyzing, right, when you have too many choices, too many options. This happens to me all the time when I go to a salad bar, too many options. So in this situation, you just have to pick something. It doesn't really matter what, just pick something and stick to it. And when I was thinking, racking my brains of what song I could possibly choose, the first thing that came to mind was, okay, maybe Australian song. And then I thought one's one that's not too cheesy. And then I thought, I still call Australia home. Okay. I love that song. So I sang the first verse of I Still Call Australia Home and I think I did all right. (laughs) So moral of the story is when you're speaking, be prepared for anything to happen. And when it does, don't panic. Just relax and pause and have a bit of a joke around with the audience. Repeat the question, buy yourself a little bit of time and then just pick something. Just pick one thing, pick one answer. If you get asked a tricky question, don't worry if you're giving the wrong answer, just pick something. Oh, and if you're still wondering if you can actually hear me sing, just be patient and you'll be rewarded. (laughs) All right, so those are my answers to five questions. It wasn't all the questions I got asked, but it's five of the questions that I got asked when I spoke at the City College of Valenzuela here in Manila in the Philippines last week. Just a quick recap. What do I do when I have a mental blank? What do I do to reduce my nerves beforehand? What do you do when someone tries to pull you down? And what do you do with a disruptive audience? Oh, and also number five, can you sing us a song? AKA, how do you be prepared for anything? If you want to access those links that I talked about, I'll pop them in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash speaking questions. Thanks again to the City College of Valenzuela for having me speak. Ms. Valena for organizing it on the day. Thank you so much. And also to students G and Rona for showing me around the school and being my personal bodyguards for the day. Thank you so much. And finally, to the students who participated, you were amazing. You were such a great audience. Well done on getting involved, having fun and laughing at my jokes. 
I know a number of you have already signed up for my free 21-day confidence building course. So if you want to be a better, more confident speaker, go up and sign up now at thecmethod.com. Mahal kokayong lahat. <laughs> this means I love you all. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 49 of the Standout Get Noticed podcast. I'll see you next week for another episode. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. I still call